Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Once Bitten podcast. Firstly, thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in each week or each day. I know these podcasts come in fits and spurts. I put them out when I can get them out as soon as I can. And I've been getting a lot of requests, such as this one from this couple today. And I'll read to you. Hello, Daniel. Thank you again for having us on your podcast. I'm reading the wrong part. <laughs> Hello, Daniel. We would love to be on your podcast someday. We are an artist and a musician, married couple in our 50s. We are hoping to inspire other musicians, artists, photographers, actors, athletes, etc. That's our goal. Now that's what drove them to come on to the podcast. And uh, David is the drummer for the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. And he has some pretty amazing stories to tell. Uh, he also tells a story that gets pretty um, emotional uh, about halfway through. So thank you for sharing, David. It's, uh, it was a pleasure to host the both of you, and I wish you both well in your project to inspire as many other people about Bitcoin as you can. Before we start this episode, I would like to thank coinfloor.co.uk. I'd also like to thank swanbitcoin.com and relay, R-E-L-A-I Use forward slash bits and all of these places. That is where you can go start stacking some sats if you're in the UK or the US or across Europe. Please, guys, make sure if you've got these sats that you take care of them. It's the next step to get a hardware wallet. You can use Bitbox 02, Bitcoin only edition wallet from shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten. On to this show. I hope you enjoy it. Okay, we are recording. Welcome to the show, guys. Joining me today is uh, David and uh, Jung Im. Welcome and thanks for uh, thanks for joining me. Thank it's you, Daniel. And Lauren is here, of course, to ask the first question. So, Lauren, fire away. Um, why did you reach out to my dad? Oh, that's a really good question. Well, your your dad has this wonderful podcast called Once Bitten. And it's a story about different people from different walks of life and different paths and how they come across financial sovereignty and the idea of owning your own money, for instance, and taking charge of your life and taking charge of your future and having strong values and commitments to the family. And I think that's everything that we try to be. So I reached out to your dad in the hopes that we could share our modest story of a fine arts painter and I'm an orchestral musician and how we came to uh, take some control over our lives and we hope that our story through your father's podcast will be able to inspire many people. Yeah that's a great answer. Mm -hmm. This is uh, this is what a lot of guests uh, are saying right that they they hear some of the shows and then want to come on and share their own stories so other people can learn from them and perhaps gain the confidence to, to start learning about Bitcoin as well. 
Or, wait, could it gain confidence to come on the show? Yes, absolutely. Did, um, did one, one guest in particular that you listened to give you guys the confidence to, to reach out and, and uh, want to share your story? Well, you've, you obviously have some high octane guests and some, <laughs> there was one that was really funny, uh, you know, when you had Max and Stacy, right. we, were, we were just, it just, uh, you know, so, uh, so wonderful, entertaining and sort of, you know, we figured, wow, if they can, uh, if they can do that, then maybe we can be the art artistic side of the Max and Stacy. Because <laughs> we're we're actually about the same about the same age. I think I'm I'm I think so. yeah I'm gonna be 54 this summer and she's 29. So oh thank you. Yeah. I'm 50. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 50 too. So yeah uh, maybe that one in in particular was very inspirational because it was just so 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 much fun to listen to and of course uh, you know, so that's probably that's probably our our favorite one so far. But all of them have, have been really good. Yeah. And we love how that you have the questions uh, from Lauren first. Mm -hmm. I think we think that's really great. And we also right. loved how um, what especially made a huge uh, impact on me is that I noticed that on the YouTube that there's no comments and it says um, so it's more family oriented. And I think that that's amazing um it's a real testament to your commitment to keep out, out these uh scammers and mm -hmm. all these people that come in and make uh comments and uh we that's one part hate to get negative right away <laughs> but that's one part of, the, of this uh space that we really don't like it really repulses us so uh that was a big part of also to answer your question lauren yeah I remember actually making that decision just to keep comments off because, you know, if people want to come and see it and, uh, you know, the kids are on the shows, uh, it's just best just to not have any of the nonsense because you don't know who's going to turn up there and just start throwing rocks and just being right. crazy. It's, it's perfect in a way. And also in, in your book, I'm really enjoying reading uh, Claire's um, perspective too and, you know, interjecting. So it's, it's great to have this sort of... Um, uh, family all-encompassing viewpoint when we're talking you, about you, you, very you see what's happening things. here Lauren mm -hmm. everybody that reads the book says they enjoyed Claire's input the most and everybody that's that... you're putting too much swear words daddy <laughs> everybody that comes on the podcast wants to listen to more of you than me so you know I'm gonna get just slowly pushed daddy, aside first of all you, you, you swear too much in that book in the book you even said that the publisher had to take out a lot of swear words the editor yeah the editor yes yes and then um you wrote it differently but mommy recognized it a different way it was actually that way yes well because two people are going to experience even the same car journey completely differently and also third of all you put in too much swear words third of all there's always a third of all with you guys <laughs> Have you finished now? Yeah. Okay. Can you say good night then? Okay. Yeah. Good night. Bye. Good night. Good night. Good night, really Lauren. Good to see you. Really good to see you too. Oh, I have one. I have one thing for oh, Lauren. Question. Question for you, Lauren. <laughs> Coming in. Coming back. Coming back. <laughs> so when we finally have the opportunity to to meet you, would you prefer a a drum lesson, or would you prefer a painting, painting lesson? lesson? 
a painting lesson. Yeah. <laughs> that works for Thank both you. of us. And then, and then ask your, ask your, um, your sister, uh, what, what she would like also, because uh, you need to hear something, maybe you don't know it, but I play on the stage with about 100 other musicians and all of them have had an instrument, either like a piano or violin or something flute. or a flute in their hands well, since they were four years old, typically, and certainly no later than seven, seven to 10. Yeah, everybody on, on stage. So it's sort of this language that you have, like you're, you're the one, are you learning the French language in school? Yeah, I'm learning French, Sophia and me. Uh, oh, that's well, all, the, all the kids, yeah, yeah all four all kids. Yeah. And oh, even mommy and daddy. Yeah, we're all learning French. Oh, amazing, amazing. So it's sort of like, and, and it's a little bit easier to learn a language when you're younger, maybe. Mm. But you probably just... don't notice that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't. You, well, you've not been an adult yet. Everything comes in very natural for her age. Yeah. So yeah. for musicians and, and artists and painters, if you find something that you really love at a young age, you, know, you can really go full uh, with uh, all your passion. And then if, if you become really, really good at it, you can continue, continue, continue down that, down that path. But it's always a good idea to start anything that's artistic, even languages at an, at an early age. It's really helpful. Mm. So I, I got a question for you. Do you play guitar? No, I don't play guitar. Okay. No. Because my sister plays guitar and she likes to draw. Oh, so. excellent. I play drums and uh, piano. Oh. And she, she plays the organ sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so she plays organ in her church. Yeah. <laughs> so. I get that would be a really great group lesson together. Sure. Not yeah. a lesson, yeah. just having a good time together. Painting and music. Very nice. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Bye. Okay, bye. bye. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Okay, guys. Let's um let's wind it back then. Let's let's figure out uh who you guys are and uh and what you do. So um well ladies first, I should uh I should of course say. So uh over to you, uh Jiang. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh I what should I were you from South Korea? Uh, I came from South Korea. Uh, I have been living in America about 20 years. I, my profession is fine art painter. So I think that's pretty much. That's you in a nutshell. Yeah. What made you what made you move away from South Korea to the U United States? Oh, I, I'm sorry, did I interrupt you? No. Oh, I came to the US for the studies. So at that time I finished my MFA and then, but I thought I needed something more to study and abroad. So I really, I think it was one of the best decision I made. So the studying in the US just really opened my eyes to see everything. So something like I have been always looking at from this direction, but the education in America is allowed me to see everything from the other direction like this. So, even, you know, I think I really like the analogy. So when you're looking at the hall, so you're always looking at from one side, but you 
all sometimes you forget you can look at the call from the other side. So it was really great to see just opened my vision. It, it's not only about the painting, but it's a, the entire the life and uh, all the different value systems too. Could you ever explain that to your friends and family back home when you were? Oh yeah, I did. That? Yes. Yeah? <laughs> yes. And could so they, they believe just, you? They. It was a little hard, but eventually they got it, and then they, my attitude and everything has been changed. So I think it was just a great example instead of just talking, but showing. So always that's the most powerful examples we can present, I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Jung-Im got, she, she worked and received her second master's degree in the United States. Her first one was in South Korea, the university there. And um, she's very modest. She's one of the best fine arts painters in the, in the world. <laughs> We're <laughs> supporting each other, obviously. Her, her work is uh, jaw-dropping and uh, I just couldn't be... It's very inspiring to be around uh, incredible artists. And uh, yeah, I'm a very lucky Thank person. And <laughs> goes so back how, to you. <laughs> how, how did you guys meet then? Uh, through our acquaintance. It was really, uh, we have a friend and then he just asked me like, are you interested in seeing a musician? And yeah. Why not? And then it was really easy to find him. So anyways, after that, we were exchanging emails. And then he invited me over a concert. And then, okay, and then how can I find you? And then, so it was really easy. So I walked to the, the box office. I got the ticket and just asked him, like, oh, could you give me the seat? I can see the timpanist well. Yeah, the, the <laughs> timpani is the name of the drums that I play. Yeah, and they're then, the big copper copper for those. Uh, some people call them kettle drums or something. Yeah, but, the, yeah it so would be a little. It's, bit, I'm easy to spot. Yeah, very much. Yeah. <laughs> now it could have been a little hard if he play if he were a violinist because there's a second players, but he was the only one in the the the, the stage. So like, okay, he's there. So you could see if she could see if. Uh, uh, if she liked what you saw before we met and then we and you could have just you, you could have yes. turned on your heels so that that's that's our story of how, how we so we met actually at the at the symphony and at that at that time I was playing with the San Francisco symphony and she was, was she was there working and and, and studying and yeah. studying and she had her yeah yeah <laughs> Very cool. Well, so how did you find yourself playing um, playing drums in, in symphony orchestras all over the US? What was your, your lead up? Well, uh, my parents are both pianists. So I grew up playing piano and it was very talk about, you know, altered reality. My what was normal for me is my parents work um, all day. My dad was head of the keyboard faculty, University of Missouri, grew up in a nice college town and uh, in, in Missouri. And they, they would come home and they would teach in the afternoon. And then um, 
uh, after after dinner, they would finally have some time for themselves. So they would practice. And there was a piano next to my my bedroom. And then there was a piano directly below me. So there might be Beethoven going on in the next room and uh, Bartok going on downstairs. And that was every day for my entire uh, childhood. So it's sort of this, um, I'm hoping to tie this in later, uh, but it's it, what Zhang Yim just said is very uh, relevant because when we have these kind of different perspectives, it seems normal at the time. So there's nothing, you know, what, you know, what the idea of or concept of what is normal is, um, is all relative. So I grew up playing piano, playing piano, and then my parents took me to a, a concert, uh, a symphony orchestra concert, and they were playing uh, Verdi, uh, Giuseppe Verdi Requiem Mass. And the guy was just slamming on the bass drum during the DSE arrangement. And I just, my head just exploded. I, I must have been, uh, I don't know, probably Lauren's age or something. <laughs> and I, I want to do that. And now the funny thing is, is I played the, the Verdi Requiem uh, maybe a hundred times and I've never uh, played yeah. the bass drum part, but that's okay. The timpani part's better actually anyway, <laughs> but it was like it's just something simple like that, where you just instantly connect. It's like, whatever that guy is doing, what, whatever that person is doing, I want to do that. And as a, and being a musician anyway, it just seemed, oh, okay, that maybe that's possible. And I just didn't realize that there was such a, um, a narrow chance to be able to do something like that. So for instance, our orchestra, I play in the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, it's 128 years old, and I'm the I'm number four. I'm the I'm the fourth timpanist. So the so the person that had the that position before me was there for 47 years, and there was a three year vacancy before they finally uh, somehow. Uh, Aren't you? Uh, yeah, they. <laughs> uh, uh, so it's an incredible uh, incredible honor, but it comes with a tremendous amount of responsibility. And the way uh, we all of us on stage feel about it is that we are more stewards of the profession and what what my goal has become now that I'm entering the later years of my career is that I want to make sure that the person that follows me is is better than I am so I do that a lot through education and trying to inspire younger players to make sure that um, when I step down that the seat is that that chair is in good hands for the for future generations and to make sure that whoever replaces me is is going to be better than me that's my goal right now i think how long do you think it's going to be before you do step down what's what's the plan and is bitcoin accelerating that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well let's put it this way uh we're we're going back to playing some concerts for some limited audiences here in a, in a few weeks, which is great. And then we have Ravinia season this summer, which is outdoor. It's up in uh, north of Chicago, and uh, we're going to play with a little bit, not the full orchestra, but uh, um, maybe up to fifty people. That's what they're saying now, and and all this stuff, and and people can sit and social distance, and and all, and so that's all good. So I am cautiously optimistic. Um, if it goes on and on and they start drilling holes in the stage and it looks like a, you know, a roadside salad bar. salad bar with the plastic shields everywhere 
and they have singers and they put singers in front of the stage with masks on and i would i would have i would have a i, I sadly i would have to reconsider that part of my life and then maybe we'll just uh pivot and move to idaho and harness the sun's energy and supply uh maybe try to get some passive income run we're going to run a full node and we're going to deliver battery uh battery drone. electricity <laughs> via drones to our to our neighbors in the remote uh northwest so so we're not afraid. Um, uh, we're, we are cautiously optimistic. The one thing uh, important to remember, Daniel, for, for my job is that there's no uh, microphone or amplification. So the stage is actually part of our instrument. So if they start messing around with that and putting fans and holes and uh, to try to minimize risk, um, that's going to be problematic for me. And in in, uh, I mean, I'm happy to do it. It's my job and, and I should do it. But if it becomes like a comic, like comical, like like a like a farce compared to what I'm compared to what I'm used to, um, then I, I guess supposedly we would have to pivot. But how about how about you? You're you're being able to. I am pretty okay because, anyways, I'm not working with group of people. So I'm, I'm always me alone in the studio. So I have been pretty good, but the market is a little bit frozen at this point so it's a little tough for me to get being motivated yeah she's not an she's not an nft um artist not yet. And she's not mining not, <laughs> not yet, yet. <laughs> not yet. Yeah, that's the point but yeah. but actually i thought one thing that might be cool is if because she receives a lot of commissions what she could do is not only have the the real object that you paint that she paints and you can have as a, a work of art on your on your wall, but she could also get a very high resolution um, video. Uh, sorry, uh, image uh, image of it, and digitally uh, sign it and have it as an option. So even if the person doesn't know what an NFT is right now, and maybe in the future it could be something of of value for them, just sort of an extra thing because all of her um, work is archived uh, digitally now anyway so it wouldn't be too much to to add that as a thing but it's you know it's an interesting thing for a traditional uh, fine arts painter to to um, see what's going on in the digital world and then you know sort of consider well does that apply to me or not and then so we're sort of finding our way our with ways. that yes at least at this point in my main problem is I cannot adapt the NFT concept fully. So I'm getting there, getting there, and there are certain things I need to figure out, like copyright. How can I, once I mint it, can I claim my copyright for my own image or something like that? But if there's a little bit of gray areas to figure out, mm -hmm. and then that's totally different media to me. Right. Like even the concept and using the computer, the, graphic images so but i can say that's really interesting and there's a huge possibilities opportunities in the nft market yeah i would say we're very excited about the idea of artists and musicians and and athletes and photographers to be able to take mm -hmm. ownership of their right of their work and um so as 
before the camera started, we were saying we want to put on our oxygen max mask first before we try to give advice to other people. And then we're in this stage of, of, of that right now and uh, navigating this new, these new fields, but in general to have um, more sovereignty for, for musicians and artists in general is going, going to be a, a very important thing because we have this stigma, you know, the, or the starving artist or this, you know, it's this badge of honor. Yeah. Starving it's a, artist. It's <laughs> I am not working for money. <laughs> so we're sort of rejecting that and trying to uh, empower artists and musicians and photographers and, and athletes, hopefully as we go forward in our, and our little project together to inspire them to, to uh, take more ownership and opportunities of, the digital frontier. Yeah, it's it's interesting actually seeing the the rise of um, Bitcoin auctions for for mm-hmm. art, and uh, there's there's that one site, um, Scarce City or Scarce City, however you want to uh, pronounce it, which um, Fractal Encrypt, uh, his beautiful node. I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, he he creates this beautiful. Um, uh, node out of uh, lasered wood. It's worth uh, following his his account. He last, I think he something like one point six Bitcoin, I think, on the last auction. But he'll be auctioning off his next piece of work at the the conference in Miami in twenty twenty one. So there's there's a building market there for like following that traditional model of just auctioning your work to the highest bidder but being paid in Bitcoin and kind of circum like just not even worrying about the whole NFT thing, which still seems very scammy at the moment. Yeah. And the quality is not good either. So, you know, there's a time and place for everything. And I think that as we learn more, there will be a, a place for, for, for us to figure out and, our our older son is an amazing cellist one of the world-class musicians of our of our time and he is 23 years old and he's just uh taken to everything so easily it's Uh, amazing to see him yeah so so um how adaptable he is right yeah and so we have a lot of hope for the future just looking and seeing what 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 he is doing now he's an extreme traditional he's a he's a cellist so um he's spent his whole you know young life um keep uh, fine-tuning his craft Uh, but the the amazing thing is that we can see him being able to pivot and uh, take on these new uh, opportunities and, and and not only take them on, but just understand them in such a, a better way than them. Yeah, he's explaining a lot of this stuff to us, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Our role has been changed. <laughs> yeah. oh, well, let's find out how did you discover Bitcoin then? Because this is not the kind of thing that you'd expect from uh, you know a couple in their fifties, uh, one that's painting fine art and one that's um, playing in the Chicago uh, Symphony Orchestra to fall down the rabbit hole. Uh, how did how did that come to bear? Well, um, we uh, we were traveling. We so we we travel a lot, and so we have a lot of um, perspective, uh, which is extremely helpful to have an open mind mm-hmm. and be able to take on new concepts what happened to us is we were in 
we were in Athens um, in December of 2015, and we know we don't watch uh, uh, television or cable news, so we just uh, avoid it because it's becoming more and more uh, manipulative and propaganda and all this stuff. But you know, in the in the TV, in the room there would be the TV. So we'd, if we were in the room, we would switch it on. There was CNN International, and I think at that time. I think the Republican field was something like 16 candidates and the Democratic field was three candidates and there was Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, and there was was another guy. And uh, it was just, even though there were 16 on on the Republican side, it was just Donald Trump all the time. And then Bernie Sanders in the States, we knew was just huge. It's just this phenom phenomenon right and a massive following and they just didn't show him at, at all and then when they did they showed him they portrayed him being interrupted by um some some ladies that were a part of the black lives matter group at that time and they what cnn would do is say oh he, he's being um protested by black lives matter when she, what he was actually doing was stepping back and allowing them to have the microphone and say what they wanted to say. And it was sort of, it just kept happening over and over again, this sort of loop tape. And not that we were watching television for that long, but it seemed like once every two hours, they would just show this vision of Bernie Sanders being in, uh, protested by that. And then just constant Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, we realized, oh my gosh, this, they're just trying to create this uh, this uh, political situation. <laughs> so this is a little, this is sort of the, if you're, if you're surfing and you, you've been on this wave, you know you're being lied to, you know you're being lied to, and then you, ca- you finally catch the wave and you look behind you and you see this massive uh, wall of water. It's just, okay, these are just, just the manipulation is just off the chart. So then, um, so we- uh, Yeah, once you, we start to see, you cannot you see, ignore. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, now, and now, you know, what they're doing with this, it just seems like they're trying to cause a, a race war and we're just not, uh, we just don't want to have any part of it. So we started to take ownership of our own. We just took a hard look at our finances and okay. And we started dollar cost averaging into uh, Bitcoin because we like the idea of, of having our own money and having our own uh, value that was outside of uh, this uh, sort of legacy system that seemed to be run, operated by um, uh, corporate, you know, corporations and general corporate media and the bank's banking system. So we just started and we don't have... Um, a tremendous amount of, of money, but we just did dollar cost average. We've never sold any Bitcoin, just a little bit at a time. And then we had sort of a tragic thing happen um, a few months. Uh, uh, well, about a, about a year later, about a year and a half later, my, my brother, um, he passed away. He's, his name is, is Daniel also. And what happened to him was very tragic. He suffered from paranoid uh, schizophrenia. And he was in a kind of a nursing homes type situation, which has again been a real eye-opener over the course of these few, past few years. And he uh, he wasn't killed, but they, they came to the conclusion that he was not allowed to survive. So there was a wrongful death proceeding and my parents, um, about over a year later, we finally met up with the lawyers on both sides. I don't know if you've ever gone through this type of situation where you're, where you're something tragic happens 
in like an accident, and then they're trying to negotiate the value of somebody somebody's life. It's just very surreal. And I'm watching my parents. I'm watching my sorry, I'm getting a little. Uh, you know, watching my parents uh, react to this, and you know, the mediator would go from our room, and they would they would start at this figure. And how can you say that that is the value of Daniel's life? And then it just takes all day, and it sort of accelerates at the very end. You know, it gets about getting closer to dinner time around 4 p.m., 4:30 p.m. <laughs> Starts getting faster and faster, and the numbers kind of they even out and it's just a ridiculous amount of to it's a ridiculous situation to go through it's very painful uh uh, i wouldn't wish it on anybody i think it's amazing how a life can be valued for instance in california or or new york city daniel lived in fulton missouri so his just the the fact of his location made his the value the monetary value of this wrongful death situation far less than if he lived in a more affluent area and you know you, you just think about all that stuff and there was a there's so sorry i'm just uh, the the value came out and my parents uh, uh very generously shared uh, some of the, some of that it wasn't very much and like i said we don't we didn't have very much we just kept dollar cost averaging but that money i would just i just went full i didn't i didn't even think twice so I bought, I divided it into three sections, one for Jung Im, one for me, it was three, you know, it doesn't matter what it is, it wasn't very much. Um, and then uh, one for our, our boys. So that, that the one for the boys gets divided in half. And then as I mentioned before, the, the older one is, I, he already has it now. So the younger one, we will we'll wait, uh, I thought, he's going to, I'll give it to him when he's, you know, 30 or something. Cause I think about my own life and like, when was I responsible to, to, uh, to hold something? Cause that, cause they have to understand, you know, you don't, you don't sell this. Uh, this is, uh, I was always, always laugh when I see uh, Kevin O'Leary talking about blood coin. He's like, you don't know what blood coin really is. <laughs> we know what blood coin is. And this is, this is uh, something very meaningful for us. Uh, we took a chance. We know that uh, Daniel would have, uh, totally approved and sorry i'm talking too much you should talk, your voice yeah. is much better that's that's sort of the it was a long slow burn but it all started from just realizing that uh, we were being uh, lied to over and over and over again and sorry the last thing i want to say the awareness for artists and musicians is is pretty low because let's let's put it this way i she says i practice when i'm sleeping so i wake up i'm thinking about music i teach music i i i practice music i'm either in a rehearsal or i'm playing a concert it's just constant or i'm studying music and looking at scores and so it's just a there it's not a job it's 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 a total it's a life yeah when it's he's a, walking he's bidding yeah, or so driving. Like yeah, yeah so like probably <laughs> probably drives you nuts. <laughs> but but it's just uh, so that's pretty much all I think about. And then over this last year, I've gained a lot of conviction. Thank you for that word earlier. Uh, to because uh, that whole rug pull of what I did for a living was you know ended on March twelfth. That's the last time we met as a full orchestra of of last year. So it's been over a year, and I've just uh, taken the opportunity to study and take care of ourselves, our, our 
our relationship, our health, anything that, that will help to improve our lives. We've, uh, I've, I've dived in and. That's yeah. pretty much it. When I heard about the Bitcoin the first time, I asked one of my friends, like who is in the financial marketing department, and he was really, he's not Bitcoiner. I do not think so. But at that time, he explained, that's simple. That's a new value system. So it just, okay, that was it for me to accept the new concept. Okay, this is a new value system. And then the one last thing is how many people will get joining if the community is getting bigger, so that's the way to go. Then he's much more like detailed and he yeah. studied a lot. Part of that part of that journey for me was when you turn off the TV permanently. And if it, it you know, what are the odds that the most creative jobs have been <laughs> have been destroyed because of this pandemic? But when you turn off the TV and you search out truth, you you generally gravitate towards um, very intelligent people. And I found that through, um, you know, Twitter, believe it or not. And so, but I think, it, you know, and I, I got rid of Facebook and all the toxicity on there. And I just, I, I, we open ourselves to knowledge and none of the, and we try to ignore all the, all the chatter and the more knowledge. The yeah. The narratives. So the more knowledge we learn and the, we just, we look towards people that are much smarter than us, um, especially in the when it comes to Bitcoin or, or having financial sovereignty, that's a big deal for musicians and, and artists. They can't they have a hard time grasping it because, you know, it's just it's just not taught. And as Jung Im said earlier, unfortunately, a lot of artists say it's almost a badge of honor to say, oh, I'm a starving artist or, you know, and so, you know, we're we're trying to um, uh, overcome those kind of those kind of concepts and learn as much as we can and I think in the process of of learning we've come to some very smart people including yourself and and uh, and we're just amazed that now at the infrastructure also that's also given us a lot more um, conviction mm -hmm. so obviously when we started in 2016 doing the dollar cost average I don't think BlockFi was around I you know there's these like earnings a little bit of interest if uh it was a matt odell or, or somebody on twitter say how would you do but and so I, and i and i listened to him so because he's a smart smart uh fellow and and he knows better than i did so it, we took some off of uh yeah it doesn't make sense why would you put why would you expose your bitcoin to risk so so we took it off off of uh so things like that, it's just like what, you know, it's a it's a fascinating uh, community because you can have your eyes open to possibilities. Oh, I could uh, I could earn a little bit more, like passive uh, uh, income, and then somebody will come up and it just makes so much sense. It's like, yeah, why why would you do that? And then of course, over the same time, sorry, I'm talking too much again, but BlockFi keeps reducing the their uh their interest rates to uh you know used to be like uh two and a something two or something Six, and then yeah. it was one and now it's a half we just received an email yesterday, yesterday. So, yeah so they keep reducing it and then as on the consumer side we also have the fold card which is really fun but they've been getting really stingy now with the <laughs> so, when we first started out with the fold card it was like oh a thousand oh i got five thousand i got ooh, ten thousand satoshis a day now we're lucky if we get ten so we I got uh, well, well today. 
you're welcome. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's fine. Oh, that's so sad. I know. But we're having a lot of, to answer your question, we're just having a lot of fun with it and we're learning as much as, as, as possible. And then even the short period, period of time, just only for the fold experience. So like, I think, wow, it's the Satoshi is getting, the reward is getting shorter, 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 smart, small. And I think it's just so exciting for us. It's everything, it tells us everything is going in the right direction. So we are happy with all the, what the move, mm -hmm. all the moves in the crypto world. Yeah, one of the things that we did about a year ago, we left uh, Chicago because we figured being in a high-rise apartment in the middle of a pandemic wasn't such a great idea. So we, we uh, load up a, we don't even own our own car. We rented a, a minivan, loaded up all our possessions or a lot of them and um, started. So we visited our parents uh, out West and we ended up in, in Idaho for a few months. And we started out with a, going on the Bitcoin standard. So I forget what the amount was at that time, but it would have been basically a year ago. And it was something like seven to $10 US dollars worth of Satoshi. And so we're gonna set this budget up and we're gonna, do, we're gonna try to do this like, like $7, seven to $10 a day, um, you know, groceries and living frugally. And then as those three months of being in Idaho expanded towards the end, that purchasing power of the same amount of Satoshi went up. And then we're, okay, so, so I'm already on the Bitcoin standard. I think of everything in terms of Satoshi. She's not quite there yet. But for instance, last week when the market was going down, I was getting really excited. So I went on the cash app and I told her, yeah, I just bought 100,000 Satoshis for 50 bucks. <laughs> so, and, you know, it's just a, it's a fun thing. We get, we actually get more excited on the, on the down days than the, Ooh. than the up days, because it, it, I, as I understand it, and you're um, your financial uh, wizard being in Forex, I can I can't even imagine. But the the longer the and more stable the floor is, the more room for growth. And I understand that as exciting that that this looks, um, that's not uh, obviously not sustainable. So we we're sort of very much immune to all the ups and downs. And and uh, yeah, that's a long term. Yeah, we're long-term long -term horizon. Short. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you remember your first touch point, David? The, the first time that uh, you, uh, Jong-Im said uh, the, the first time she heard about it was from a friend, a financial friend. Uh, how about you? When was the first time you kind of heard about I Bitcoin? Was, I was trying to remember that. I can't, it might've been um, something through that kind of discovery going through going through Twitter, trying to find out about uh, money and because uh, money was a very uh, uh, big concern. It's always has been for for us. So yeah, I, I just can't pinpoint it. But I just remember just getting on Coinbase and setting up my own account and just starting to. I think I did the auto I don't know, twenty-five or fifty something you know just the auto purchase of it building it up and then oh this is very um so that when when my brother uh when the when the money came in the the, the not not allowed to uh, live money uh, uh came in that was around november 8 2018 so that also gave me the conviction because that was a big uh correction in the price and and it just seemed like like all the stars 
in a in a strange way kind of aligned to make that to make that choice to just go all in with that that small amount of of money and in, in his honor so you know i can't i can't remember exactly who probably somebody on on twitter and i started reading up about it and who knows Maybe it was so Anthony you... Pompliano. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll give the, we'll give we'll give Pomp the uh, the kudos. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> what? Where do you think then, like your minds would be if if you hadn't had Bitcoin for the last in your lives for the last four or five years, and you've gone through like this last year and a half where you've you know the symphony has been uh, the orchestra has been shut down and selling artwork has become very, very difficult because obviously people don't have expendable cash. Um, it's, it's tough times. And you guys at least have the safety net and the conviction on your side that you have Bitcoin. If you didn't have Bitcoin, I mean, I can't imagine what's going on with some of your peers, some of the artist friends you would know, or some of your uh, musicians from your orchestra, David. What, um, how, what do you think would be going on? Well, I don't know. I, it's, yeah. I I would say you know th there there are opportunities in the in so that so the jobs are very few and far between. It's a very competitive field. Uh, I'll say that. I I would say that the compensation for top tier orchestra has been pretty pretty decent. It's definitely a livable wage. There are opportunities to do a 403B. They don't match it, but you know, you can. So we have um, certain financial choices that are available to us. There, there used to be a pension. Of course, they changed that. They <laughs> so that's another another story. But um, uh, it's a uh, it's a profession that um, can be highly rewarding artistically. And if you are able to uh, diversify uh, certain, certain aspects, you can have some sort of nest egg. That's on the very high tier orchestra side. Musicians in general, it's, can be, it's very different. And um, we have a lot of uh, empathy and sympathy for the things that are going on. I see what's going on in the, in the art world and maybe you could discuss that i think it i can only talk from my experience so the artist should get out of the the box so we can participate in the financial world like everybody else but they are i don't know the blissfully ignorant that's how i feel i'm an artist so all i need to do is creating things so usually it has to go hand in hand, marketing and promoting ourselves and then making art, but always lack of one thing. So first step should be break out the ice. We can be good and it's not selling. The yeah. promoting ourselves is not shameful. Yeah, I think that's why you see in the athlete realm, you see some highly compensated athletes and they all have managers you know they all have you know the jerry Maguires that are taking care of the stuff behind the scenes so that they can focus on their craft focus on their their athletic abilities and and work out take care of their fine-tune their bodies and be the best that they can be you know for for people like us um 
if you turn on the television and you believe what they're saying, uh, you're, you're not going to, you know, I feel, you know, horrible what's, what's happening with the cable news media and corporate media going on in the, so it really takes a, a path of exploration of ownership and that's really what we're hoping to uh, accomplish if we can orange pill anybody it would be all the people that we love that just need that little bit of guidance so if we if they can somehow trust us uh, what we're saying um, that would be great and that's part of about putting on the oxygen mask first is we want to make sure that we understand from all different angles before we before we bring up something that, hey, maybe you should look into this because, gosh, you know, what if we're wrong? Because then oh. you then you have people that uh, I see more often than my family, you know, on the stage and people that I love very deeply. And if I hurt them in some way, I would be I would be devastated. So in a way, this year has given me the opportunity to given us the opportunity to really learn, really focus on uh, what is important get rid of all the noise so that if people want to talk to us, that we actually have something of value to offer. We sort of have been there, done that uh, mm -hmm. type of mentality. We've made all these mistakes. Uh, we, we recommended this works for us, but probably you should not do, if you decide to do this, here's a couple of things to uh, avoid. Here's some products that we trust. We've been using them for um, yeah. a couple, couple years now. Um, so far, so good. You know, your mileage may vary, <laughs> but but the, but things like that. But it's a very it's a very personal uh, choice to take uh, ownership of of your own money. And for artists and musicians and athletes, the idea that you can just have your own money without it being in a bank is a very foreign concept, even even to this day. So we we're hoping in some way to participate in the community, and. Um, you know, explode some minds, you know, break some, break some barriers for people that are, that are like us and, and be able to succinctly explain and answer any questions that um, may come up because it, it can be a radical change for most people's lives to, to just, you just take your money out of the bank and you become your own bank. <laughs> yeah. I, I was talking to my, I was explaining this situation to one of my students. So I said, it wasn't during the lesson, but it was afterwards, we were having coffee and we had this kind of predatory uh, refi situation. It took us a, a, over a year to refi because, you know, in the Chicago downtown, the property values have been going down and the taxes have been going up, up. and the HOA goes up. up. <laughs> so, so we're trying to lower expenses and refi. It took us a, a year to, to, um, to to get this all it was oh so God. invasive and they, they were just really and so they finally came up to it and i we we looked at it what's this pmi oh that's a that's an insurance you have to pay every, every month it was like oh well, why do we have to do that well because your loan to value ratio isn't enough and i said well how much do i need to get the loan to value ratio and and the, she's the person said um you need x amount of money and i said okay i'll i'll, I'll just uh I'll, what do i do i just bring that to the closing and, and they said, uh, yes, but, but you don't have that. And I said, yeah, I do. And, and they said, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't, yes. yeah. Because they had hundreds of pages of documents that I, that I had to fork over for them. I swear they're working for the government, these, the, the mortgage, uh, the refi. Yeah, I mean, what, what was the exact question? 
they asked you, uh, how would you make the money? Yeah, how would you, how, how, where are you going to get that? And I yeah. said, I said, I have it. And then, you know, it, I explained, um, and they said, okay, well, just write it down. So I said, oh, I can, I'm going to take out a, a, a BlockFi loan against my digital digital assets so that I can avoid capital gains tax, blah, that's, that's it. And then, so a day later they came up, okay, well, um, uh, can you show us uh, uh, your your bank account that the money is in there so i did that and then they said a day later said can you sh can you show us um document documentation yeah. from from block by the and so i sent uh, the email confirmation and then a day later they said can you show us the documentation from block by the exact amount of the money that's in the so then i took yeah. a screenshot of that and blacked out all the uh, the personal information so it's a little bit like living on the grid and sort of the surfing analogy again, sort of like, yeah, we're, we're going to give you like a little bit of information, but this is our, our money. Right. You didn't ask for it over Not two, be your business. Two, yeah, 200 pages of documents in a year later, you didn't ask for this information. So um, I'm explaining this to my, uh, to my young uh, student, 23 years old. And he said, wow, you're living in the future. <laughs> so that's what we're up against. We're up, people in the uh, young, uh, much younger than us, uh, much more savvy than us. They just uh, they listen to these stories about how you can um, be your own bank and supply your own money for these situations to to basically overcome these predatory aspects of the traditional uh, financial system. I mean, the idea of paying mortgage insurance because your loan to value ratio is just directly targeted at people that just don't have enough money uh, to, um, it, it's just a way for, to fleece the middle class and, and working class and poor people even more than they already do. So we feel very liberated by the, by the, by having our own money. And we feel especially vindicated at this, at this juncture to be able to pull that off sort of under the radar. We still had to prove everything that they wanted to know. It still felt like we were getting uh, uh, some sort of, uh, yeah, like going to the doctor. <laughs> yeah, <I was> gonna <laughs> say, open, opening up some body in. cavities. <laughs> <laughs> but after a year of that, it was very satisfying to be able to just come up with that. It wasn't a lot, but it was enough to avoid the uh, predatory PMI um, extra monthly charge. And we just did that sort of on our own. So that's that was a big moment for us when when all these years of work and and listening to all the smart people mm -hmm. sort of comes around and you feel a sense of validation I guess a little bit. Oh, definitely. And then even my mother, who is seventy five years old, when we explained that, she just understood immediately. Yeah, we orange orange pilled her, 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 and her mom. <laughs> then she was. We I bought was, her. We bought her some Bitcoin too. Yeah. And she was really happy. <laughs> she was raised, born and raised in the, the what's it? obedience is the best virtue, like under certain circumstances, South Korea and the North Korean communist dictatorship. She said, hey, she, she was the one actually, she told me, hey, you know what? There's no money in the bank. Like, mom, it's like, yeah, there's everything is just there, just tossing the numbers each other. So she just realized I saw herself, but she didn't know where to go. She felt she was stuck, and the, all the system she knows was running by the government or big corporation. But even though she knew the truth, she 
doesn't know what to do. And then we gave her the small orange pill and she took it. So I'm so <laughs> yeah. happy for her. Amazing. Yeah, you know, it, yeah. she was a um, refugee from. from oh, yeah, North. she was a refugee from the, the during the Korean War. From North yeah. Korea? North Korea, yeah. Wow. And uh, maybe we sh- can talk about this story later, next time. Uh, I don't know about uh, time. This this is not relevant for our, for your show, but the long story short, she was born in North Korea, like before the Korean War. And then they were, my mom's family was one of the first families, like, how do you call, I don't know the word, like not the public execution or something like that. She was, they were kind of upper class. They have a farm. So when the communists invaded the North Korea, the part of North, North part of Korea and said, okay, you guys are the enemy of people. So they have to just run. Yeah, because you're, you're upper class, you own land. Right, right. Um, yeah. So, so she, her entire family just got in the, the refugee train and she got suffocated and people she she just shared just only part of the story and she started suffocating and she couldn't breathe and people just this moved is, her into the train the oh, this window, is on the on the train yeah. on the train the, yeah. the window and she could breathe and people fed her the snow because they didn't have water back then so that's a, that's a, just one of the stories they have. Oh, could you please bring that? So I can show you some photos. It's not their photo, but I just found a cool photo. I don't know if you can see this. Well, it's a bridge, broken bridge, and people mm-hmm. are just Trying to get sure to get to the other side of the scrambling river, scrambling across the broken yeah. bridge. Wow, with uh, with children and oh yeah, and my grandma personal belongings on their shoulders on yeah. here, and then my grandma crossed the bridge, and she said every step she was taking, she was praying, and she was piggybacking piggyback to my mom on her back, and so after she crossed the river, she just fell down on the ground so from uh, relief for, from relief yeah, and exhaustion course, combination yeah. so that's wow. the life she went through <laughs> then that's crazy yeah yeah and then after the day just work hard my, my mom's family and my my dad my dad was in the south korea but still all that my parents generation just work hard from the scratch and they finally they made a kind of comfortable enough comfortable living for them just mm-hmm. not luxurious and i think they're very modest but this and then the same story like they're middle class and they were targeted all the taxations and all the duties and then finally they can make their Comfort, comfort, modest living. And they, my mom, my parents went to the bank. Hey, I heard there's some beneficial benefit for certain group of people for my age and things. And then they, the banker just check up all the papers and, hey, I'm very sorry, but let's say 
the 99% of people can get the benefit, but you are not qualified. So yeah. what? <laughs> hey, if we cannot qualify, what, what's wrong with the system? Because you know how my mm -hmm. pa parents are living. Yeah, Just very, very like, modest. They have a, they have a, yeah, it's, it's that, just, that's incredible. Well, we feel that we feel that coming from from all the sides uh, as far as um, these predatory uh, um, uh, situations and reallocating uh, resources that you you work your whole life for, and then somebody just tries to take it away. So, the the most powerful thing that we've learned from this whole experience, and probably if a Bitcoin was around you know, earlier the people could have to not take advantage. They could, they could option out. They would have that optionality, but right. the, the power of, of not being exposed to random uh, confiscation is uh, incredibly moving for us, especially because of our family histories, especially because of, you know, my, my personal uh, history with, with my family and the, the obstacles that we've had to overcome and and how meaningful what little money we have is to us that we would entrust it to uh, an, a network on the on a as far as a majority of our personal savings uh, we feel uh, very um, blessed in a way to 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 be able to participate and that's probably one of the nice things that that we could do going forward is especially because we've been doing this for so many years and building up our savings in that way is that uh, hopefully when we speak about it now to other people that are in similar situations that they would have some more confidence and trust just because yeah, I, I know where you're coming from and my wife reminds me about this all of the time because now uh with with the price action um friends and family are more interested about it now you know you, you haven't been listened to for the last two years even though i've been spouting on about it and now all of a sudden more and more people come to me it's like well do you think it's a good time yes and what services should you use this and the other thing and you know uh, my wife says to me you, you, you still you know tread carefully because if people lose money they, they're going to blame you they're not going to they're not going to they might not carry on with the research and i'm like Nah, nah, it'll be all be fine. It'll all be fine, because I feel that level of conviction. But um, yeah, so you know, word of warning: when you start telling people about this, uh, you know, you you you're doing everything right. You know, getting your conviction and whatever else. But if, you know, one or two people are going to turn around to you and say, "What? You guys have been in this for five years, and you tell me now? Like, where were you five years ago? Like, <laughs> those are those are usually people that that we." we say uh yeah that's happened already yeah <laughs> uh, well well not 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 so much the blame but i'm just i'm just very cautious because they'll they'll okay they, they'll get their head around it and then they'll go into the marketplace and they'll see all these s coins right mm -hmm. and uh, uh they'll start doing that and i i just said no 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 what are you doing you sort of what oh uh, don't you realize <laughs> you know, like because <laughs> Because I've seen this, you know, I know what I know what happens, and uh, so I'm not going to get into specific other other, uh, you know, digital value systems. But the Bitcoin network is the strongest and most secure network uh, that you can entrust uh, your hard-earned money, and that's all I can say. And, and if people uh, 
uh, take that advice, more power to them. But uh, usually, usually, Daniel, what happens is they'll take that that orange pill and then they get they get sidetracked with something else, and then it's it never uh, ends up very well, especially if you're not. <laughs> You know, After especially people you. like 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 us, we're the we're the ultimate uh, uh, people like us are the ultimate bag holders in the in the bad way because we you and we get like oh this is so exciting and we're very passionate people, you know, artists and musicians, athletes, you just and we think we know everything, you know, we have these strong convictions and then, so this is the way to go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I did a I did a one thing that's interesting um, for musician is that when you when you have your mind blown by something like like bitcoin you start seeing it everywhere so for instance uh there's this piece by uh, maurice rebel it was written in 1928 it's called bolero and it's sort of the musical uh personification of mass adoption so it actually starts out with code yeah yeah well first i'll start out with the code which is really cool because it's divisible by three and anything that's spherical like that it's easy for the human mind to imagine but doesn't exist in in reality because if you divide something by three it's like obviously 33.333 so it's a triplet rhythm in the three time and uh it goes like this it goes even though even that was kind of sloppy with my nails but and then so that's the code Right, and it goes on for 15 minutes, and it's uh, written. It says tempo di bolero. The Ravel even writes a, a metronome marking with it just to make sure. And you can listen to it's one of the most popular orchestral pieces, but you can listen to almost any recording. It's almost exactly 15 minutes long, so it's amazing. It's been recorded can you, hundreds can you, of thousands of times. Can you tap that out on top of the mic? I'm not even sure we would have oh, picked sure. it up. Yeah. yeah, let's see if it works. I'll just do it louder. Yeah, I've lost it. I, I I can't hear it for some reason. That's oh, weird. Okay. That's that's really really weird. I'll try it. Yeah. Oh no, it's the mic. The mic just shuts off. The mic doesn't want to hear oh. it. I don't know what's that's that's annoying. <laughs> and it's just kind of meandering very sensual melody and it repeats so this is the cool thing about how it it, it uh, integrates with the with the bitcoin network so you start off with this code and underneath we have string pizzicati that goes dunk 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 and those in my mind's eye are the uh those are the miners and the node operators that are supporting the the code, right? And the code never changes, and and the and the accompanying pizzicato uh, never changes. And then then there's this beautiful um, uh, melody, and each uh, there's two melodies. They go on. They sort of have this meandering sensual quality to them, and they repeat eight times each. And it starts out with the flute. And so that might be, in my mind's eye, that might be Hal Finney during the first journey uh, along, the, along the network. And then, and then when that ends, the second flute comes in and starts doing the code along with the snare drum. And then 
and then the harp joins in for the minors so the pizzicato becomes more stronger and then you see in the score the four four bars of of movement of the music going by is about like this thin because the orchestration is so thin and then you turn to the last page and it just takes up the entire page and the print is so small so it looks like um it looks and sounds to me like what mass adoption looks like as more and more people participate you're either doing the coding you're doing the mining you're doing the operation or you're going through your own uh, meandering journey and there's e even in the second um uh, phrase the second mel melodic phrase there's only two melodic phrases there's even a blow off top yeah i get to play later on after the after the trombone player gets a gets a turn at it and then uh and then i'm just playing the boom 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 and then at the very end there's this huge modulation and that must be the amelioration where where everybody is like, oh yeah, we get it now, and 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 there there we have it, worldwide mass adoption. But the, <laughs> so it's just fun to be part of this community and and think of uh, things in a you know musical way, artistic way, how everything applies. Even in nature, I was looking at some some geese that were flying across the sky, and this and it's just wide wide swath, you know, in, the, in that V shaped pattern. And it's just to, to be able to see the network effect and see the direction where we're all headed. So even even I see I see Bitcoin almost everywhere I look. I hear it in music. I see it in art. I see it in architecture. It's just uh, it's a very natural um, uh, part of the existence, and it's very applicable in so many different uh, so many different ways. I can't even imagine what uh, you must think as for, for with the financial background. Uh, it must be extremely mind blowing, but if uh, if <laughs> maybe you could maybe you could help me out with that because I I'm so far removed from the financial world. But uh, how how does it uh, how does it uh, apply to you, and where do you see this all going? Uh, I think uh, you you being removed from the financial system is a great thing because it's it's just a murky old world you know i've had to completely rewire myself and and i look back at you know i spent 18 years in in foreign exchange markets for well, the last year of my career in commodity markets and um man like who was that person right that that's an identity completely shattered like gone and it's very humbling to think that you spent so long in, in that position and truly had no idea about what even money was. You didn't even ask the question, even though money was around you, like visually and um, mentally, right. uh, you know, you, you're surrounded by screens, you're surrounded by numbers, you're looking at foreign exchange rates uh, all day long from, you know, 6am to 5pm. And all you do is yell and scream at each other, different rates and you know, it's Euro and Yen. And even back in the days in the mid nineties, when Deutschmarks and Franks and Lira were still around before it became the Euro, um, no one really cared. You were just there as an execution monkey and trying to scramble your way up the, the, the corporate ladder. You were running as fast as you could on the, the corporate hamster wheel, the, the hamster wheel of life. I mean, it was about as fiat as it got. I mean, of course I was surrounded by fiat all day long. And you had fiat relationships with a lot of your clients, even with your colleagues. 
and a lot of um, people's relationships suffered. Not many marriages um, stand the test of time in that business. It's it's cutthroat. It, it's it's nasty. Um, so what, what kind of understanding did it give me coming into Bitcoin? Number go up. That was all. Uh, I saw it as a an asymmetric uh, bet, and came in with the mindset of I can make more dollars out of this. And it wasn't until it started seeping into you and you realize, and Alex Fetsky says uh, this, um, I'm sure many other people do, you know, I came for the money and stayed for the money. When you realize, oh my God, oh my God, what is this? What is this thing? I'm never selling this thing. I'm never trading this thing. Um, I did fall down the, the shitcoin rabbit hole very, very briefly, unfortunately, in, in 2017, but not, I didn't get wrecked. I, I managed to like uh, pull myself out and, uh, and shake myself awake and um, stay away from that ever since. Uh, and then like you guys felt this pull to, to create something to uh, a platform to educate other people. And I figured, uh, you know, my, my skill set would, would lend itself best to this kind of medium, a podcast. Um, and, and, that, that brings... is, and, and the book is excellent, by the way. Really Thank you. Really Thank you very much. Yeah, the book came, again, that was just a natural phenomenon. Uh, I never, ever expected to be a writer, um, uh, you know, and, and thank goodness for self-publishing, right? Another self-sovereignty uh, mm-hmm. little button we can push. I'm going to do the audio book as well. And uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who uh, he said to me, well, why would you do the audio book and put it on Amazon? Then they own it. Like just do the audio book. You have your platform. You can just put it on your podcast as an episode, or you can release a chapter per week. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's a great idea. (laughs) Why didn't I think of that? And then I can play around with the format and do whatever I want with it. And perhaps, um, you know, put some thoughts uh, pre and post chapter. So I've got those ideas um, percolating now, but so what, what's your idea then? Are you, you going to, uh, I know you have like uh, your, your blog post um, that you, you might um, start uh, doing that again or podcasts or what, what are you guys thinking? Well, we would like to contribute to the community as much as, as much as, as possible. Um, I think what you were saying is exactly right. It is a transformative uh, savings technology it's incredibly powerful, incredibly important. I feel like we've got one chance here to really get it right, if we can do it right, and if we can still enough confidence in like-minded people, like even even stubborn, hard-headed people in the, in the artist and, and, and musician and athlete world, I think we'll be, just be better off in general. So um, that's basically our motivation right now still learning as much as we can, still enjoying to uh, read, to talk to people. This is, a, this is an amazing opportunity for us to be able to, to speak with you today, sort of share our, our stories, polish our um, <laughs> d- delivery. <laughs> See, it's still um, very much in, in work. And, and I think um, for, for myself, I won't speak for, for both of us, but when, when I take something on, I want to do it right. I don't want to do something half-assed, right? I, I, I really, yeah, I really wanted to, to do a, a really good job with it. Um, I'm sort of on this uh, precipice 
of not knowing exactly what's going to happen in the in the future, I'm cautiously optimistic about uh, everything in the because that's what I should be doing. I should be on on stage um, playing this be beautiful music for people that that uh, really appreciate it, and it, for for many people the the music that we play is uh, extremely uh, profound. So, and uh, I've been able to uh, have a nice long career doing that. I've been extremely fortunate. I pinch myself every day that I'm at work, which has now been quite some time, but I'm just quite kind of hot, um, optimistic that I can, I can return to that uh, world and do this um, on the side, I am going to be 54 years old this summer, so I would like to learn more. I, I do write. I don't. Uh, I haven't published any or released anything recently. Um, I would like to do more of that. I would like to inspire um, other people to take ownership of their of their lives, especially their their artistic lives, their their financial lives, their their opinions, not being told what to say, how to say, you know, what to when think, to you, what books you can read, what movies you can watch. Even baseball was recently ruined for me. I tried to watch the baseball game and the commercial was like some sort of virtue signaling thing. And then, and then, so I, I skipped the commercial, you know, you just, if I want to really want to watch a baseball game, I just use a DVR or something like that. So I can skip all that stuff. And it's just like one message after another that's trying to keep the lid on people's minds down they just want to dumb everybody down i even have a a friend that teaches in the public school in marine county he teaches a steel drum course right he's a musician and so he was giving this he was giving like a's and a, like a b and then the principal came and was like no you don't understand everybody needs to get an a and he said well this student was not you know like not doing such a great job and they said well then you need to lower your standards because you don't understand everybody in your class needs to get an a so you either give them an a and you accept that that you're just fraudulently giving somebody an a or better yet you lower your standards so that everybody can get an a and that's the kind of mentality that we are flatly rejecting uh, and um uh, we're 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 just uh it's not angry just what how do... i think we strive to live a better life right yeah mm -hmm. when you see her art you will understand like wow and and you'll 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 just see it you'll just recognize it and when you hear a great musician it's it's right. it's like this um virtuoso where they become one with the instrument like if you see uh, our son Oliver play the cello. You don't think, oh, that's a that's a young man playing the cello. It's just it's just whoa, like what is that? It's sort of some sort of combination of human cello experience going on. That's the virtuoso, and oftentimes in um, because I follow all these smart people in the finance world, they use the analogy like, oh, the Mona Lisa is worth the bob because, of the, but yeah, of course the Mona Lisa is great. But, but why is it great? So we can see and we understand why it's great. We can, she can appreciate the, the brush strokes and, and the, the, tech, the technique and everything behind it. So it doesn't become just a, an, an object that you compare it to. It becomes more of a deeply sense of our value system because of all, all the hard, honest, honest, hard work that we put into our, to our craft. And we, and we want to continue that aspect of honest, hard work, 
ownership of your your mind, your 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 money, your thoughts, your your education. Education is the most important thing. If you, it's the only thing that, besides Bitcoin, that nobody can take away from you. It used to be that education was the only thing. Is no matter what, no matter what happens in your life, somebody can always take it away. Take even your, you know, very very deeply personal things away from you, but they can never take away what you what you learned. And I remember growing up and thinking, my friend told me that, and then and then. I wish I could find him right now because I say, yeah, there's another thing actually now. <laughs> Finally, there's there's actually two things. Education and Bitcoin. <laughs> so if yeah, you had, I think about. Uh huh. Go ahead. Okay. I was I was gonna. Yeah, I was I was just gonna say if you if you had that one last orange pill to give someone, who would you give it to and why? You should take the... Well, I knew you were going to answer that ask that question, so I was thinking um, I was thinking about this. I, I just go back to what I said earlier. It's it would be somebody that uh, I loved very deeply that that we had a mutual trust. Um, I think about all my colleagues. No, it's uh, maybe uh, probably the um, whoever this the musician, uh, the orchestra, the players committee. So we have a, you know all these committees in our. I would say whoever is the leader of the players committee when we go back to work, I would I would orange pill him so that so that so, so we have so that the musicians have a more of a uh, you know it's a it's a leverage type thing. I would I would say just a, on a in a way that's kind of a selfish uh, uh, orange pill to give but it, in another way it secures the independence of the musicians going forward for for many many generations if it's custody kept in the right way and um, that could give them a little bit so when when we have negotiations as far as working conditions goes on if you know if leverage is power so if you have something and it's just like okay well um, we really need this uh, aspect in our contract please uh, consider it and then of course they'll say no and then <laughs> And then I'll say, well, we really need it, and 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 uh, if you know, all these things with um, uh, work situations that you have to negotiate. So I would say to give the musicians um, a little bit more leg up on negotiations in general, because we're dealing with uh, on the other side, um, you know, Northern Trust and uh, Bank of America and United Airlines and Boeing and all these uh, corporate. They're all on the board of uh, trustees and they uh, and I totally get it because in their in their way they are securing the financial um, future of the orchestra from their perspective and I think with a with the properly given orange pill that the artistic side could also secure the financial well-being of and the artistic well-being of the of the organization going forward that's my orange pill Excellent. And Jiang, how about you? I wish I had that kind of organization around me too, but his friends are my friends. So he answers really well on my behalf. And then, but for sure, why not to my family? Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is very personal reasons. 
Yeah, we got yeah. your mom. Oh yeah, she, well she already took. That's great. You know, I love her. I love the her, fact you got your mom. She was yeah. she was predisposed though clearly oh, to, to uh, for, yeah. <laughs> I suppose if we could get your dad because he he used to be a a banker. Oh yeah, he is he was the CEO of a bank. But wow. my mom always teased me. You you know what? Your dad doesn't know anything about money. <laughs> because my point earlier, right? I worked, you know, <laughs> I I this is the thing. You you work in that you work in those um People just expect that if you've had a career in that in that realm, that you know a lot about money and you know a lot about markets. But the truth is, they're so uh, diversified and they're so niche that if you have not worked in that particular product or that particular desk, then you have no idea about it. Right. You you just don't. And um, it's very very difficult to be uh, like a, a truly macro thinker and understand all the different aspects of the market which is why i love bitcoin because it's the easiest thing in the world to do you buy some you never sell it that's your <laughs> that's your strategy right there right absolutely absolutely well guys it's been so nice to, to have you both on the show it's been a pleasure to get to meet you and thank you for coming on and reaching out and and sharing um both of your personal stories and, and your journeys. I hope this will inspire many people to, to reach out and connect with you. So how can people come and find you? What's the best way to get in contact? Well, she has her artist website is... Uh, J-I-Y-FineArt.com. So J-I-Y-FineArt.com. And then, uh, you know, I teach adjunct at... I'm more of on the educational side, so... Um, uh, if you want to see me uh, playing, oh, here's another uh, Bitcoin example. Here's Bitcoin eating the world. Uh, Respighi Pines of Rome, and you can find it on YouTube. Just type in Chicago Symphony Pines of Pines of Rome. It's a very short uh, clip of we're ending this. It's the last moment. It's called uh, Pini della Via Appia, the Pines of the Appian Way, and it's this. It's, again, it starts out really kind of. Mm -hmm. slow and sinister like and builds and builds and that that's sort of the musical example of bitcoin just eating eating the entire financial world because it just gets and it, it even has these kind of big swells and then it drops down and then it goes oh. <laughs> <laughs> almost like a car shipping and so it's like the, the combustion and the engines right um but uh so it's uh, uh pines of rome you can uh, and you can see my music director He's very intense uh, gentleman from Napoli and he's fiercely uh, proud and he's very traditional uh, gentleman and uh, he's one of the most bad, badass guys in the whole, you can't believe how awesome he is. And uh, uh, you can see the intensity of the orchestra. You can see me like, trying, to, trying to deliver, uh, get as much sound as possible out of the instruments. So. Basically, uh, uh, the best way to to follow us right now is still on the artistic way. We really want to participate in the community. Um, if there's a time and place for everything, we really appreciate this opportunity to share our story today. Her art is amazing, and um, yeah, I just I just uh, I hope that people will still enjoy. Uh, 
uh, the classical music side, the symphony orchestra side, you know, we do all kinds of uh, concerts and hopefully uh, people can find me and meet me there. I have a website that's called 100musiclessons.com. It's just the number 100 and then musiclessons.com where I share um, music appreciation. I, I teach, you can see how I interact with people from all all generations and uh, abilities to uh, appreciate and understand music. So I, I speak and try to inspire people ab about music and share it in that way. That's excellent. I would love I would love one day to come and see the uh, the orchestra and just know that you're up there playing the drums, thinking about Bitcoin the whole time. And, <laughs> uh, that's that's just amazing. Be, imagine a whole orchestra playing that way. Oh, yeah, we we have a little bit too much. Uh, yeah, that's probably the one time I can't think of. Maybe that's why I've been so crazy this year, because, you know, I can't <laughs> think of anything else other than what I'm what I'm applying myself to on, when I'm on the stage. But if you uh, if you come visit us, for sure, we'll give you a backstage tour and your family and uh, your kids can play on my uh, on my instruments. They can try them out. I could, you know, we uh, that's something I would very much uh, enjoy and we were supposed to uh, be in uh, in europe actually this during this uh we tour around we do, usually do like an asia tour or a europe tour to sometimes uh other places um but there's a there's a genuine opportunity to meet in person which i'm looking forward to and and anything that we can do for your family if we can do Maybe we do a painting lesson or I could, if they wanted a drum lesson, something like that, we're very much, uh, we would be very honored to, well, to we, do that. We hope to meet you guys one day and thank you so much for, um, for the kind offer. Thank you guys for coming on the show. It's been thank a you, pleasure Daniel. to get thank to know you. you. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Take care. Well, guys, what did you think of that? I loved that episode. I loved the way uh, David was describing how when he's listening to the music or playing the music, he can link it all back to Bitcoin. Talking about the pizzicato being the miners and uh, like the, the kind of the, the heartbeat of the, 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 the Bitcoin network and how that never changes. That's always going to be the same. And then this meandering tune comes in and then the, the flute comes in and that's how Finney. I mean... Goodness me, if that does not put a smile on your face and make you, you know, just bullish AF, I don't know what the hell else you need to do. I, as soon as that was finished recording, I've been listening to that song and uh, just really love it. It's it's now in my, um, in my playlist and whenever it comes on, I, I think back to this and I think about how Bitcoin is affecting so many different people. And I also loved the the very deep and emotional stories, um, you know, sharing um, Jong's story from North to South Korea movement of her family. And of course, David's story, his personal story uh, regarding his brother. So please reach out to these guys They're They're here. They're on Bitcoin Twitter. They want to help. They want to educate others and they want to connect. Um, I think you can hear the um, sincerity in their voices in this episode. Thank you so much for coming on, guys. Please head over to the website, once-bitten.com. Check out the sponsors there. You know who they are. It's CoinFloor, it's Swan, it's Relay, and it's Shift Crypto. 
Get that hardware wallet working, guys. It's really important. And if you use forward slash Bitson on all of those websites, you will get a discount on some of the services. See you on the next show.